Last time on Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsessions. Did you do did you do your socks and underwear in JJ's sink? I, I hesitate to I uh, yes. Yeah, that's why the tide was He was oh, washing yeah, undergarments right. you know in your what? sink, JJ. I didn't realize until I saw that right. piece of shit movie that, that was actually what must have been. We've been talking to my friend J.J. Wall, who's not only a working comic, but has written and produced uh, some of the most popular shows on on TV. And now we're here for our second half with J.J. Wall. You've done some interesting acting work, J.J., over Me? the years. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, play, you play Uncle Paul on Arrested Development. Oh, yes, yes. That's, the, a friend of mine put me in that one, Jimmy, who Gilbert knows. Oh, yeah. Um, because between he and Mitch, they wanted an inappropriate uncle who kind of touched people, but you didn't know if he was a child molester or not. <laughs> and they seemed to think Gilbert, that did I you was read perfect. for that? <laughs> <laughs> no, because see, Gilbert would have read as a child molester. Right. Yeah. They wanted somebody like me who could I or could see. not be. <laughs> right. oh, you could... oh, there would be some question. <laughs> That's right. There would be a momentary... Pause before you before you let them take your kids to the park. And I remember you also popped up at least once in a, in an episode of Seventh Heaven as a priest. As a priest, yeah, yeah. Talk That's about child molesters. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I I didn't get molested as a child because the priest who used to take the altar boys to the beach had us all change in the locker room, so we got to see us all naked. Oh, and then took us out to the beach, and then he pulled my bathing suit down at the beach under the water. But I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So I was, like, floating around naked. <laughs> oh, jeez. And therefore, I didn't get molested because I freaked him out. He was like, shut up, stop that, stop that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Father Schmulligan, let's call him. <laughs> <laughs> so he would take you... He would have all the boys change in front of. Well, it was Jones Beach, so you'd go to the locker rooms and change. I mean, it wasn't that was the thing. They, I, I shouldn't say they because I don't know that many of them, but it it was kept within normal confines until it wasn't. <laughs> until I should have read <laughs> a red flag. Jealous, that you didn't grow up Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> and he pulled your trunks off. Pulled my back, not off, but down like below my knees. <laughs> and like I said, I just thought this was great. <laughs> been naked in the ocean before i was like ah, this is terrific <laughs> and it completely freaked him out brings to mind the catholicism bit in your act jj where you compare it to the marine corps oh the genuflect genuflect yeah, genuflect, genuflect funny. one bad knee one huge thigh i got a laugh at a friend of mine's funeral last week because he went to the same military academy and I said, Catholic boarding school, military academy. It's amazing we were able to function sexually as adults at all. <laughs> <laughs> You missed I, out, Gil. I, I remember. <laughs> this is getting back yeah, Gilbert to. Gilbert would have been great in military. Academy. He would have yeah, been. Oh. He would have been a great Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, possible. I, I just had a story pop into my head. Uh, getting getting back to the different people you've worked with. Well, like Brett Butler was having mm-hmm. a lot of trouble on yes. that show. And at one point, Roseanne and Brett Butler went out to lunch together. Yes. And what what did Roseanne say about Brett Butler? As I recall, when Roseanne came back, she said to a bunch of people, that girl is batshit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) 
And this was Roseanne who made her writers wear numbered shirts so she could tell who was who. Oh, so she would, wow. She would call on number 21, which was Norm MacDonald at one point, I think. You, give me a joke. Number 21. And Norm, right? He wrote there, too. Yes. And Norm would periodically climb out the window because Norm... Uh, I, I don't. I don't think I'm telling tales out of school because I think this is something he's talked about in his act. But he used to gamble a bit, and people would come around to collect money, and he would climb out oh, the back window. <laughs> wow. You know, also, uh, you worked. You were in a in, a, in a, a show called You Again with Jack Klugman and John Stamos. Oh my! Yeah, that was one of my first acting gigs ever. And man, Jack Klugman was not happy with that show. I remember. I, I only had a couple of lines. Yeah, I was the I was the potato delivery. So <laughs> some, just, for some reason, I was delivering <laughs> crates of potatoes, boxes of potatoes to his office. Did you interact I much with Jack? Just a very little. Yeah, he, he didn't want to have anything to do with me. Yeah, there was there was some other. It might have been Stamos that was playing a rock star that was supposedly on his show or something like that. But there was somebody. It might have been Sam McMurray. But there was somebody playing a rock star that was on his. Whatever he did in that show. And what, what did you witness Jack Klugman doing or saying while he was on the set? Uh, not too much from him because he could barely speak at that point. Oh, yeah, the, you know, right. The voice was, was all yeah, completely post, gone. Post, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of had the feeling he took that show for the check. More than oh, oh, yeah. What was Eric Roberts like? You worked on uh, Less Eric Than Perfect. Eric Roberts was surprisingly delightful. Yeah, because he had a reputation way, for a while as being a yeah, strange no, cat. He was great on our show, and he was, uh, here's a little-known Eric Roberts fact, but loves squirrels and has a couple of pet squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, he told me this straight out. Good trivia. <laughs> little, little, little Eric Roberts trivia. <laughs> we could do six degrees of J.J. Wall on this show. You're in Arrested Development with uh, Jessica Walter, who's been here. Oh, yes. And Henry Winkler, who's been here. You did Eisenhower and Lutz. Craig Bierko was on there. And you're oh, yeah. also on Sydney. Oh, with Valerie Bertinelli? Right, and Bierko was a regular on there. You were That's in Troop right. Beverly Hills with Frankie Avalon. You did a short film <laughs> with Dr. Katz. And right before you came in, our previous interview was with Billy Saluga, who did, who worked, uh, who did an episode of Blossom. Blossom. Oh, my goodness. I, I remember that name, actually. I'm sure I'd recognize He's it. He's Ray J. Johnson, Jr. You doesn't have to call me Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Only this show, JJ. Really? <laughs> Only this show. We had Mayim on uh, on uh, till death, actually. Mayim Bialik, right? Uh, who was Blossom? Right. She's she's a very interesting young woman. What what I find fascinating with her, she had that hit show Blossom, mm -hmm. of course, and then drops out of acting, goes back to college, and when she decides to return. She's on, like, the biggest hit on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Unbelievable. Yeah, luck. I, I mean, good for... Yeah, it's good luck. It's definitely... It's always good luck. Yeah, it it's just... For anybody to pretend that there's not luck involved. No, there's so oh, much yeah. involved. Insane. But, yeah, she's uh, she's done very well for herself and has a, a few kids, I think. Yeah. You, did you That's write like... with John Ratzenberger for a while? You know, he's a buddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a long time now because he's moved up to, I think, the Seattle area. But yeah, we we tried to develop a couple of things. We actually tried to do a movie about uh, British baseball because there's actually baseball in Britain, and so we traveled over there and wow. uh, drank our way around the country and took <laughs> he's a followed the whole funny baseball guy. tour. Very funny guy, very yeah. good guy. Yeah, like I said, I haven't seen him in a while now because he lives up north, but we still go to the same dentist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What else you got for this man, Gil? Oh, God. Let's see. Oh, this is so good. Years. This is good. J.J. was present for one of the great finales in sitcom history. And he oh, knows, and he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the Newhart finale I was doing the warm-ups for. And uh, I always thought, I, I didn't know if Mary Fran had been informed. I always thought she wasn't. But it was where he wakes up with Suzanne Plachette sure. and thinks the whole Newhart show that took place in New England was a dream. And he says that. I mean, he says to her, but I, what I had to do was keep the whole audience focused the other way the entire time because nobody wanted to see them set up that set or see Suzanne Plachette come on or anything. So that part was fun. But when they opened the curtain and it was Suzanne Plachette and Bob Newhart in the thing, I, I've never heard a round of applause or an explosion from an audience like that before. Didn't he have it, misgivings it was, about it too? That he thought, you know, wait, you're going to tell these people that they've invested in us over the years, all these, char- these characters, and now you're going to tell them the whole thing was a dream? I believe that was a big discussion yeah. among the writers. I was just doing warm-ups. At that uh-huh. point. But I, yeah, I heard that was a big discussion. And I also heard that Mary Fran, the actress who had played his wife, was never informed. But then I was told that she was informed and she was just pissed off. So I don't, I don't know what the truth is on that one. But Right. It was a good choice to do it. It worked so well. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. It really did. Newhart uh, also was a great character because there was a guy who created a show called Remington Steel whose last name was Gleason. I don't remember his first name. And it wasn't, obviously, Jackie Gleason. Michael Gleason, I think, was his name. And he always used to just park wherever he felt like. He had a Rolls Royce. And this was on MTM, uh, the old, now it's called Radford, but it was the old MTM studio. And uh, Newhart never used foul language. And at one point, somebody else, and it was just one of his guys, it was like a producer or a director guy, said, the Rolls Royce is parked in my spot again. And Newhart, picked up the phone, called the head of security, and said, this is Bob Newhart. Tell Gleason to get his fucking car out of that fucking space or I'm going to fucking come over with a fucking sledgehammer and destroy it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And I mean, this guy never cursed. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, There was another great uh, car story when I did the Army show over at uh, Warner Brothers. This uh, security guard told me, he said, this lady parked in Clint Eastwood's spot, in Malpaso Productions' spot, and the security guard said, you, you don't want to park there. Don't park there. And then Clint came in a few minutes later and saw the lady in his spot. And he was driving a truck and backed it up and rammed her in the back and backed it up and rammed her in the back and kept doing it until he smashed the whole car into a wall in front. And then when she came out a few minutes later, he pulled out his checkbook and said, how much do you want for this piece of shit? <laughs> That's a good story. I like that. Didn't Bill Macy have a, dis- a disagreement with Tony Curtis over a parking space? I think he did. <laughs> oh, we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. And now back to the show. We had Bill Macy on the show. We brought up. He was a wow. He was polite. He's ninety-five. I was going to say he yeah. was gracious and polite through the whole show. Five minutes left in the show, we asked about Tony Curtis, and he says that cocksucker. <laughs> and some, some parking dispute. <laughs> Yeah, those are the ones that get you because you got to put up with so much other shit that <laughs> it's the little stuff that gets you. I found in doing a little research today on you, JJ, uh, an article from the New York Times dated 1982, and it said comedians Gilbert Gottfried and JJ Wall have both been awarded a Charlie. Oh, jeez! Does this mean anything to you? Oh, jeez! <laughs> it must have been some local New York thing. Or no, yeah, it's a, Char- a Charlie yeah. Chaplin award. Yeah, and, and, really? and yeah, I I remember. I think <laughs> I I got about two or three. What was it? These. It was when you got it. 
it was like one of those really cheap picture frames <laughs> that, <laughs> that they used to have in like Woolworth for like 50 cents. Right. And yeah. like some uh, sheet with a badly drawn uh, picture of Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> and they. Did they give these out down in the village? Yes, I think so. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. I, that I kind of remember. I have no idea. I don't think I even still have the thing. And 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 I remember they used to like when I'd be when people would interview me or write an article about me. They'd say, you know, three time winner of the prestigious <laughs> Charlie Award. And I said, no one knows what the fuck this thing is. <laughs> I didn't even know. And that's how I found out the idea how people send bios around. I didn't know mm -hmm. about bios before. And so, and I, once I found that out, I said, get this out of the bio right now. Get <laughs> <laughs> rid of the Charlie. And, and I remember one time uh, Seinfeld was up for Charlie and he didn't get it. And he probably got pissed. Yes, yes. Why didn't I get the Charlie Award? I deserve the Charlie Award. Why didn't they give it to Norm MacDonald? Well, he's funny. Is Seinfeld still pissed at you for doing the voice? Oh, yeah. Oh, did he get pissed at that? Gilbert's the lone comedian that hasn't been on Comedians in Cars with Coffee. Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't realize there was animosity behind that. And I, yeah, because I remember at Catch, I used to... Well, also, you used to do him all the time. The what? Well, oh, he was yeah, he was a perfect voice for a match for your Dustin Hoffman and your uh, all those other guys. William uh, Hurt is it that they're all the guys that talk the same that you used to do? Oh, oh yes, yes. Bits of them interviewing each other. <laughs> Seinfeld would fit very well into that. <laughs> I never heard you do William Hurt. No, I'll have to. I don't I know if I've ever done. I I used to do. Tony Curtis talking to Gavin McLeod. Of course, the donut. Right. That I've yeah. seen. That's legendary. Well, it was another bit that was exact, uh, similar to that bit, There was, but it was uh, different Yeah, yeah I, I would combine voices. Yeah. yeah. You were a pretty good comic at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You I, should see that movie, though. Yeah. The, the Gilbert movie? <laughs> the Gilbert movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. I French. hate subtitles. Oh. The French fishophile. The only thing wrong with that movie is that Max von Sydow isn't playing Gilbert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lead was weak. Yeah. Uh, he would get replaced by Kevin Spacey these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Or Christopher Plummer. <laughs> you were in a movie with Jamie Farr, too, JJ? I'm shooting all my bullets here. Which Run till you Run till you fall. Oh yeah, Mike uh, Mike Farrell from Mash actually directed that one. I think I played some baggage clerk at the airport or something. Mike always liked me though. He was he was nice. Yeah, Jamie Farr was definitely in that. Uh, the reason I don't, you know, movies they also only bring you on for that day or two or right, three or five that you work, so you don't really see a lot of those people. But yeah, Jamie Farr was definitely in that. I might have found his lost bag. You, and you've done a lot of cool shit. Did you perform stand up in Africa? Yes, my first gig, my first paid gig was uh, in Liberia, uh, Monrovia, Liberia, because I had been with the airlines. I worked with the airlines just out of college for a few years. And then I, basically, they started promoting me because I was a union guy with a college degree, and 
all I was doing was cleaning planes to get through college. I'm, uh-huh. like, no, I'm a college. I'm a college kid with a college yeah. degree. I really. <laughs> but yeah, so I got to fly free, which is the only reason I got the gig. And a friend of mine was working uh, for Air Liberia, and he also uh, was throwing a party for the British Embassy. And so I performed for the British Embassy. But landing in Liberia, we literally landed over a crashed plane that was just left at the end of the runway because they didn't want to do anything with it. And then we went and did the show. And then some English woman ambassador or whatever she was, they were incredibly racist. It was, I mean, like overtly racist. (laughs) And she knocked over the whole table of drinks. I mean, like drunkenly stumbled into it, knocked over the whole table and immediately stood up and started yelling at the black guy who had been just working his ass off to try to set up the table and do things. Wow. And then when I was flying back, I actually ran across the tarmac because I was late for the flight. Because I got two encores and I didn't want to leave stage. <laughs> oh, you did well. I did very well. That's great. And then uh, I was running across the tarmac saying, bring that flight back. And I was flying standby for nothing at the time. <laughs> I'm trying to get them to stop the flight, which they, they didn't. And how long a flight is that to Africa? Uh, I think it was something like, because I was, I was living in New York at the time. So maybe nine hours, ten hours. You it was ha- nonstop. You haven't played Africa? I, <laughs> I'm just, the whole apartheid thing. I'm considered a genius, and I really, yeah, yeah it is. in Rwanda. Uh, yeah. The Biafra bit, the Biafrans. Those people should eat something. It's not attractive. It's not thin. It's skinny. <laughs> that was one of my bits. He's yeah. huge in Cameroon. Yeah. <laughs> well, any place the next famine is about to take place. <laughs> oh my! I was God. in a plane crash in the Andes. <laughs> do you know his whole act as I do? JJ, could you could, could I, I would you do his act so. verbatim? Pretty close. Yeah, me too. I, I, um, but you've seen in that French movie how much he turns over his material. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come up on this show. I'll say, hey, you remember you used to do that bit about... Uh, and I'll go, still do it. Used to. <laughs> still doing it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, how many of you watch Gunsmoke? <laughs> Why throw it away if yeah. it works? That's right. As long as they're still laughing. He's still doing Hop Sing material. <laughs> still doing Mickey Mouse material. Yeah. Yep. The tray. Mickey Mouse on ass. Yeah. And I also remember how many different time periods we've known each other when your daughter was in a baby stroller. That's right. I would come up to her, shake her hand and go, Gilbert Gottfried, thick of the night. Yes. <laughs> she was an infant at that point. Gilbert Gottfried, thick of the night. Hilarious. And and I think your daughter for a while thought my name was Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried, thick, thick, of, the thick of, the of the night. Yeah, she did. She definitely thought that was your the full name is Gilbert Gottfried. Hilarious. <laughs> and then he used to cheat at children's games with her too. Oh, we when you used were playing to play connect the dot. Yeah, we'd play dots, and I would cheat. He'd, he'd fill in like 60 of them when she was trying to do her first. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> what do you got? That was the funniest. Yeah. Well, right, go ahead. Uh, anything else? Oh, let's see. Fra- <laughs> Frank has cycled through a lot of stuff. I'm very impressed, Frank. Well, <laughs> you've done a lot. I've forgotten him. You've done, you've done a lot of cool shit. Now, uh, when when you were on uh, Seventh Heaven, did yeah. you ever find little kids for the lead actor? All right, now. <laughs> no, no, it was a fourteen-year-old girl. Uh, that's not a little kid. 
with our, <laughs> our new senator from Alabama. It's all those things. They're just, they're girls. They're, it's encouraged. <laughs> you, you work with a friend of mine, and I hesitate to even bring her name up because I know where Gilbert's going to go. <laughs> Uh-oh. You work with Sherry Shepard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who's a lovely I person. I know where Gilbert's going to go, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's a very But I can funny cut person. this out of the show, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let him do his worst. <laughs> yeah, Sherry, uh, she's a, she was a nice... Well, when we knew her back on uh, Less Than Perfect, she hadn't had her uh, right. epiphany about uh, religions. Yes, yes. A, nice, a, very funny, a very sweet person, though. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, she always was yeah. very nice. Yeah. Andy Dick was always very nice on that show, except when he didn't show up. But Who, who's that? Andy Dick. Oh, Andy Dick. Right. But the thing I, I really remember about Andy Dick is that he... And it impressed me. Those spastic, weird physical bits... When we did the second take, he would do exactly the same thing. So I was always impressed by that. That's that he really didn't know what he was doing. But he, he, the poor tortured soul. I feel, I feel yeah. worse for him than anything else. I mean, he the was troubled a nice man. Guy. Yeah, yeah. He's fathered been... three children by two different women. I also. know. Ooh. So is Gilbert, which is yes, yes. <laughs> I know. Because people think Gilbert's straight too, and that's all. <laughs> I don't know that people think that. I could. Be. <laughs> what people? Uh, and you work with Patrick Warburton, another very funny guy. Yes, I may be working. I'm hoping to work with Patrick again. Oh, I love him. Um, yeah, we're working on something together right now. Um, he's a funny guy. The funniest. And he's also one of those classic examples. You do it too. But people who are very recognizable, they either can get tormented by that or just go with it. And going with it is always the better choice. Oh, and Warburton yeah. is like that too. He'll stop and he'll take a picture. He'll sign an autograph, whatever people want. He's always very comfortable that way and it's like you know don't become a celebrity if you don't enjoy yeah, it isn't it that nice is, to be around people who are famous people who are comfortable in their own skin it's, it's a ref- tremendous relief. i know it's refreshing <laughs> and yeah. and he's one of those guys who could play the same character over and over again and he seems fine with it he's not one of yeah. those like no no i want to stretch as an artist no he, he does want to stretch in, as an artist, but he has no problem being who he is. I, yeah. I mean, when you have that kind of voice, and I mean, look at John Wayne and all those other guys. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, he really only played one character. As yeah. Movie. He was very funny on The Tick. I mean, he was, he's very funny in a lot of things that didn't last. Yeah, he and I have talked about it, and one of the things he's always said is he really has had to, um, they don't really, a lot of people don't know how to write for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the reasons Tom Hurts, who you mentioned before, yeah. had that success with him in uh, Rules of Engagement R- Rules of Engagement. Tom knows... Patrick's, what was it? Rules of Engagement. Rules of Engagement, yeah. Yeah. Tom knew Patrick's voice, so he could could write for him. But Patrick does, he seems a lot easier than he is in terms of writing for him, in terms of the character. character I I think he's a hilarious guy. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And I like him, and we've been out to his house a few times. He likes to sing with his rock band buddies. He's buddies with, I'm not as familiar with the bands, but like Jane's Addiction and Nine Uh and whatever that era of rock is, those are his buddies. So they come out to his house and they jam in the garage on Thursday nights and he gets up and sings with them. When you saw him on Seinfeld, even in the small part as Putty, and you and you, you know there's a breakout guy immediately. Yeah, there's, you know. There's, boy, that guy's just got comedy star quality and it jumps yeah. off the screen. And it, and well, I think he was only booked for one episode. I know, I know. He turned yeah. it into something. Yeah. So well, should I, I come up with another story? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at him because you guys have 30 years of history. I know. I met so you. I met you seven minutes ago. I know. <laughs> we, You'd we think sh- Gilbert would know something about me. 
we 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 should go through a lot of the people who used to be at catch when we in those years. Mm-hmm. Like, what did, start that again. I was, no, we should go through a, a lot of the people who used to be at Catch a Rising Star in those years that we, Larry yeah. David would be there. and He would do it once in a while. Remember him screaming at Ron Zimmerman in the bar? What do you mean you don't get nervous before you go up? Uh, Woody uh, Allen throws up before he goes up. Lenny Bruce threw up before he goes up. What do you mean you don't get nervous? <laughs> he was offended. He just walked out of the bar. <laughs> And then remember Richie Morris, who you and I knew, who was oh, one yes. of the funniest guys ever, but eventually converted, I think, to Orthodox Judaism yes. and moved to Texas in pursuit of a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a Lolita story. It, and yeah, but he was, he was in love with her. I mean, there was no oh, yes. wow, yes. weird underpinning to it. He was in love with her. And, of course, her Texan parents were delighted to see an Orthodox Jewish guy come to Texas. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> And I remember, like, Dennis Miller used to work out at Catch, uh, yeah. Bill Maher. Bill was, I, I, to Bill's credit, he always kind of wanted to be a stand-up and has always worked as a stand-up. To Dennis Miller's credit, he or, was funny in his show and then became Bill O'Reilly's pal. And was, yeah. I don't know what happened to Dennis Miller, uh, but he stopped being yeah. funny. Was Joe Bolster in the clubs then and Steve Middleman? and Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They were all around. And, uh, Provenza yeah, had Bolster. to be around. Provenza was oh, around. Yeah. Bolster had his remember yeah. Bro, Bolster had his nervous breakdown on the Tonight Show around that time too, where he completely froze. He he stole a told a, a joke, and he was a good comic joke. I, I don't mean to disparage mm-hmm. him, but it was an amazing experience. And then he froze after his first line or two on the Tonight Show, and I mean like mouth open, froze. I didn't know that story. Wow. Yeah, and he sat down, and Leno was just trying to go past it. And uh, plug his next gig and stuff, and he was literally hyperventilating on the on the couch and stuff. Wow! Also, I felt very badly for him. Was Wolfberg? He, I think he's still working. Oh yeah, Wolfberg. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dennis Wolfberg. Yeah, Dennis Blair. Uh, Blair yeah. was still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a guy that boy Rodney uh, didn't treat him right. I thought, you know, because he helped write the first couple of Rodney's movies. Right, funny guy. Yeah, and another nice guy. Yeah, Rodney was a weird. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm one of the few that's seen Rodney naked. So oh, to, yeah, big, big closer. New York, New York Health and Racket Club. <laughs> and we, I was in the jacuzzi, and Rodney comes in, takes his towel off, and sits down. And says, so you're going to Bell's party tonight? And I said, uh, I, actually, I was going to go a little later. Are there going to be girls there? <laughs> said, I'm, I'm not sure if there's going to be girls. Uh, if there's no girls there, I'm not going downtown to see fucking Bell's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's disturbing. And actually, and Rodney actually hit on my wife in front of me. I'm one of the few people that actually has been disrespected by Rodney. Oh, oh do tell. Excellent. Oh, I didn't realize you were JJ's. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I was standing right there. <laughs> yeah, she oh, is, God. Rodney. Sorry. Ah, take her. <laughs> we should wrap. We got about yeah. we got about a good hour here. Oh, that's right. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Time flies uh, but- when you're Miserable. <laughs> these are good. These, these are good stories. I also I don't think we can top Rodney Dangerfield nude. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's, that's pretty much a closer. I, I used to close with that before I did the song bit. Oh, so <laughs> I would put on a blue robe and expose myself, <laughs> which is what Rodney did. <laughs> he would put on a blue robe, have his balls hanging out. Yeah, hitting, th- wasn't he famous for opening the door, just with, yes. the, with the robe open? 
and oh, everything that's hanging right. out. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think he would close just enough that there couldn't be any legal claims. Because yeah. Richard Lewis told us that Jackie Martling, more yeah. than a few people. Yeah, oh, Rodney. Yeah. I think if Rodney was around now, he'd be one of those names that would pop up in the sexual harassment. I can't imagine it wouldn't happen. Yeah. I think- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're not naming anybody posthumously, yeah. are they? Yes. Yeah. No, they're leaving that be. Yeah. So anyway, I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. This has been Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions with our friend J.J. Wall. You're our obsession this week, J.J. Well, I've never been anybody's obsession before. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> we would follow you to Texas. In search of a 16 Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like the heartbreak kid. He's Jewish. She's a she's a shiksa. You know, actually, I didn't even realize yeah. that. But it, it was much weirder. Much weirder. Kid. Yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. You've done a lot of oh, wonderful, cool stuff. And my pleasure and my honor. I'm glad to be here. It's a fun trip. I'm sorry Gilbert had to be involved. <laughs> yeah, and say hello to Dara and the kids and... Dara, kind of Dara's right here. She's still telling the story about how uh, 10 years later he wasn't telling anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sadly true. Thanks, JJ. <laughs> nice to meet you, you, buddy. Nice to meet you, friend. Take care. 